This is BayCare Health Chat, another podcast from BayCare Health System. Here's Melanie Cole. As cigarette smoking seems to be on the decline, another method of nicotine use has managed to hook today's youth. This is BayCare Health Chat. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing vaping and our kids. Joining me is Dr. John Perpich. He's a pediatric pulmonologist with BayCare. Dr. Perpich, I'm so glad to have you with us. And as a parent of two teens, this really is a pretty scary situation for other parents that really don't understand what it is. Tell us what is vaping and what's different now about what we know about this habit. Give us a little history of it. Sure, absolutely. You know, I I feel like it it seems like it's something that that is a new development with all the publicity that really kind of was on the news. It seemed like these devices were something that were brand new, but really they've been around for a very long time. Uh, In fact, even the the first patent for for an electric vaporizer was was actually filed in the 30s. And so these have been around for a while, but they just weren't successfully marketed. And and in fact, the, the first successful marketing was over in China, actually in 2003, uh, with a pharmacist who actually developed the device or was marketing the device because his father had died of lung cancer. And I think he, he might have even had some, some intentions of trying to help other people quit smoking. But, but unfortunately, it's just not really, not, not, not really been that kind of device that, that I think he was hoping for. Uh, but it really was in the, the middle, you know, sort of 2007 or so when it was first uh, you know, introduced in the United States. And then, of course, in 2019 was when we first started seeing some of the really negative uh, uh, outcomes uh, in, in the United States. But, you know, when we talk about vaping, and, and we can talk some more uh, um, in a little bit about you know, some of the different devices, because things have really changed rapidly, of course, as people have developed new new devices. I think just the, the real basics, just kind of understanding what we're talking about really is, is talking about using an, an, an electronic device that superheats a liquid and creates ultra-fine particles, very, very small particles. And these devices, though, come in a, a wide range of shapes and a wide range of uh, sizes. Uh, and and the, uh, there, there's the cartridge, of course, that holds the liquid, uh, and then there's the heating element, and then there's a source of, of power to help power that, that heating element, and then there's the mouthpiece. But they can take so many different shapes, and then usually the, the user will, will you know, puff on the device that activates the heating element and, uh, and then inhales the, the vapor, which is, of course, you know, where it gets the term vaping. Um, the, the, the scary thing, though, is the, the variety of these devices uh, has really made it hard, I think, for, for uh, uh, adults or, or even for, for people, especially when we're talking about children and adolescents and middle schoolers and high schoolers vaping. Uh, it's, made us, it, it's, it's made it very hard for us to identify what these kids are doing. And some of these devices can look like uh, uh, almost like USB memory sticks. Uh, they make them to hide. Actually, there's websites that you can... They, they make them to look like Sharpie pins or they make them to look like uh, uh, I've actually seen some that are made to look like a, a, a asthma inhaler. So you think uh, uh, the child is using a medicine uh, um, and then believe it or not, they've even made some that are built into a uh, uh, like a kind of a hoodie sweater. And, and, and the child can, can inhale through the, the kind of elastic string at the top. And so, so the, the devices and, and the manufacturers have found lots of ways to, to sort of allow uh, people to use these devices kind of in a sort of stealth mode.
Wow. I had never heard about some of those versions of vaping before. That's just, it's just really scary for parents. Tell us a little bit about what, you said these aerosolized particles and that what is the e-liquid? Is this nicotine? Are they vaping marijuana or versions of that? What is it that they're vaping? That's been a big part of of the marketing and a big part of the misinformation around vaping is that people considered it and it was first marketed as a healthier alternative because people would say there's there's less compounds than are in regular cigarettes. The the list of things is less and it's all, you know, it's all natural or there's a whole host of sort of misinformation and sort of mistruths that have been put out there. Um, but really the 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 liquid it, uh, contains nicotine. Uh, and then it also contains either uh, something called propylene glycol or a vegetable glycerin, and then there's flavoring. And so although it doesn't seem like there's much that are in those liquids, uh, the amount of those different components will vary as well as the different flavorings. And there's, there's somewhere around 7,000 or, or more different unique flavors that are made from different uh, associated chemicals uh, that help to create that flavor. And the other important thing is that the amount of nicotine in these devices can range a lot, right? So, so they were originally marketed or, or, or at least uh, um, sold to, to people as a smoking cessation device. Uh, uh, now, we've not really seen any studies or anything, anything that's been uh, actually reproducible that actually shows it's effective uh, uh, at smoking cessation. But also importantly, what they've done is they found ways to uh, actually increase the amount of nicotine in these you know, liquid cartridges. So, so rather than trying to wean people off of the addictive component of, of, of cigarette smoking or of you know, vaping, they've just tried uh, to create stronger and stronger um, you know, liquids that contain more and more nicotine with you know, a light level of nicotine just being three to six milligrams uh, per ml. But some of the jewel pods, so some, you, know, so, you know, one of the most popular kind of pods can contain as much as 59 milligrams. And so one of those cartridges uh, uh, that, that you're inhaling can contain as the same amount of nicotine as an entire pack of cigarettes. And of course, it's the nicotine part that's, that's addictive. And so these, the, the, uh, uh, the vaping is just it's almost an easier way. And unfortunately, what we're doing is creating a whole new generation of addicts uh, uh, to nicotine. The, the other piece that's important to realize, too, is that these devices are very efficient at creating these ultra-fine, very small particles. And so even uh, um, a, a much more efficient manner or uh, you know, method of, of delivering all of these different chemicals and compounds very far down into the airways, uh, which, which is also very scary and, and, and part of how we're just now scratching the surface and just now figuring out and understanding what effect potentially these different chemicals and compounds have on, on airways and on lungs. So I'm wondering, is it healthier than smoking cigarettes. And based on what you're saying, cigarettes are insidious, but they seem to take longer. This seems to be killing our youth much quicker. And, but I mean, for people that really need that nicotine, Dr. Perpich, is it any healthier at all? It, it, it is not. In, in fact, there's, you know, as we're, you, you know, uh, uh, trying to, to catch up, if you will, to, to, the, to the epidemic, uh, you know, of vaping in terms of research, we're, we're finding that, that, uh, that these devices are not safer than cigarettes. These chemicals, you know, still have impact on the lung epithelium. Uh, they still uh, have, uh, uh, you know, concern or potential to be carcinogenic. Uh, and they still uh, can have impact on growth and development as well as the immune functions of the lung. 
And and we, you know, it, it also, I think it's deceiving because people look at that list of compounds or, you know, list of chemicals and just say, oh, there's a few things in there. The problem is, is, you know, I'd mentioned the device heats up the liquid, right, as the, um, as the uh, pay- person is, is using the device. And so as that, as that liquid is, is, is heated, the chemicals change. And so the rate, you know, how, how hard the, the person is inhaling, how big a breath they're taking and how hot the liquid is getting – Will, will also create different amounts of kind of degradation of those chemicals, creating a whole new host of, of other m- much more volatile organic compounds, such as formaldehyde and heavy metals, as well as carcinogenic compounds. And so, so the, it really is a, it's a very complicated system, and it's, it's part of why it's made it harder for us to really fully understand uh, the true uh, you know, dangers. Um, uh, and, but um, unfortunately, it's been such an efficient way at, at delivering, you know, these different compounds, to the lower airways, we're, we're seeing the, you know, negative outcomes, uh, uh, you kind of play up right in front of us. It's so interesting to me. So tell us as parents, how do we know if our kids are vaping? How do we figure it out? Because it doesn't smell like cigarettes in their rooms, or if they come in from outside or any of those things, how are we to know? And what do you want us to tell our kids about this? They don't always want to hear the science, but we do need to tell them something so they realize how dangerous and addictive this can be. So give us some tips to talking with our kids about it and tell us how as parents we can even recognize that our kids are doing this. Absolutely. So, I, you know, it, it is, it, it's so hard, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes to know because these devices can be hidden so well. And like you mentioned, often there's not the, the odor that, that went along with, uh, you know, standard smoking. And unfortunately, the other very scary thing is that, you know, we've just talked about some of the, the chemicals and compounds that are commercially available. But if you do a quick Google search, it's, it is actually horribly frightening uh, how quickly and how easily you can find a wide range of, of sort of homemade recipes that people uh, have out there available uh, for, for people to try and, and t- to use in some of these cartridge systems that, that you can fill back up. So, so really, you know, it, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And unfortunately, you know, especially with some of the, the more severe, you know, lung damage and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, illnesses that, that we saw in 2019, uh, there's a huge shift into and uh, use of marijuana and cannabis containing liquids in the, in the, in the vaping devices as well. And so, so when, when you're looking for, for, for signs, unfortunately, even, even if they're not you know, vaping uh, marijuana or other illicit substances, you still may see signs of addiction. I actually had a mom in clinic who had no idea until uh, they went on vacation, and, and then she realized that her son was going through withdrawal because he was having sweats and he was feeling jittery and he was irritable. And that's when he finally came out and told his mom that he was vaping just the standard nicotine-containing cartridges. So, so keeping an eye out for signs of of addiction or or even withdrawal. Uh, of course, you know, spending an increasing amount of time alone or in their room or, or outside or things like that can, can be a tip off as well. Um, you know, sometimes even looking at their Google search history, looking for, uh, uh, you know, you know, if they're searching for for recipes and and ways to 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 make some of these some of these e liquids, and then of course, if they are you know beginning to 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 make some of those custom liquids or or, or to move into the marijuana containing liquids, then you're going to see some of those other signs and symptoms of addiction, and, and including just altered you know um, 
alertness, awareness, lack of motivation, uh, you know, distancing from their from their friends and their peers, uh, uh, or or a complete change or shift, you know, in their peer group, right? If they if they're now all of a sudden hanging out with a whole new group of friends, sometimes that's a red flag too that you know something else about their behavior has changed, and you know. I think just having an open discussion with them and asking them is is at least a good place to start. It really depends upon you know the relationship you have with your teen coming into this, uh, but but just getting it out in the open because very often they have no idea, right? Their friends were doing it at school. They they tried it. They didn't even realize. And a lot of times, uh, you know, studies show that the teens, especially the middle schoolers and the younger kids, uh, don't even realize that there's nicotine or there's addictive substances in in these devices, right? They they it smells like bubble gum or it's smells like cotton candy. And so they, they weren't, re- they didn't realize that there was something uh, that would get them hooked on it either. And so, you know, beginning to just have that conversation in a non-threatening manner, seeing their friends doing it, asking them if, if, if they themselves have, have tried it uh, might be a good way to at least open up that conversation and get them talking. Because, you know, like I said, often they're not even aware of what they're doing and, and what kind of risk they're you're placing them, themselves at. Well, that certainly is true. And open lines of communication are key when we're talking about this kind of thing as we wrap up. Dr. Perpich, and it's just such an important topic. Please reiterate and reinforce for parents about having that discussion about the dangers that e-cigarettes and, and vaping can have on their children and really how we can get our children to stop what you want us to know. Absolutely. So, you know, and and I think, of course, in 2019 was when this really, you know, hit the hit the news because we were having those cases of of significant lung injury, the the uh, you know, e-cigarette uh, um, associated lung injury that was landing people in the hospital. Right. We we had uh, at least back uh, uh, as 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 early as December, there were close to 2,711 cases identified in the U.S. So it really it just skyrocketed. It was, it was an epidemic. It, thankfully, that's leveled off and, and decreased in terms of instance. But really, you know, that's what I think really brought it to the forefront and 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 began to at least move some awareness regarding the, the epidemic within middle school and, and, and high schoolers. And so it's really key, though, to understand that that these that these devices, especially, you know, it seems being, you know, you know to be related to, uh, you know, using some of the liquids that contain, you know, marijuana or at least contain cannabis. Uh, it's not been an entirely clear signal. Not all of the individuals that uh, you know ended up in the hospital or ended up having uh, significant lung injury. It, it's not completely clear that all of them were using uh, liquids that contain marijuana. So talking to your kids and making sure that they they don't think that just because they're not using uh, uh, you know pods or you know liquids that that are you know since, since they're using some that are marijuana free that they're safe because there were still individuals that had significant lung injury uh, that did not have any evidence of or any reported use of the marijuana liquids, but there does seem to be some something with regard to the solvent or the or the, the liquid that we that they were using to dissolve uh, the things in the liquid that was causing significant lung injury. And so these we don't realize what the long term impact or damage is going to be, right? We you know ten years from now, twenty years from now, uh, I'm a little scared that I'm going to have a, a or actually my adult colleagues, my adult pulmonary colleagues are going to have clinics full of of people with with chronic obstructive you know pulmonary disease, something you know, sort of similar to what some of our miners and and people that worked in the mines and were exposed to asbestos and things, right? That that we're going to have this whole cadre of individuals with long-term lung damage, uh, and it's going to end up getting linked back to this early, early use of vaping. And so, so it really is critical, like always, and, and like with a lot of social, you know, issues with our kids, open communication.
communication is key, uh, but realizing that this this really is is just a, 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 a wide open field and, and we need to identify and we need to, to really talk to our teens and our middle schoolers uh, um, and, and find out if they're doing this because they really are causing significant damage to their lungs. Well, thank you so much because hopefully parents hearing it from an expert like Dr. Perpich, who is a pulmonologist, will help to convince your kids. And it is about that open line of communication. Thank you so much, Dr. Perpich, for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise on this. To learn more about BayCare's Children's Health Services, please visit baycare.org. That concludes this episode of BayCare Health Chat. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other BayCare podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.